Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. Another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek. <laughs> that was flawless. Thank you. It was amazing. <laughs> Hello, welcome back. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Should we talk? I about am the special guest, Doom on the Tube. <laughs> Doom on the Tube. Oh my God. Get that going before this goes live, before someone steals it from you, because it's so good. Hashtag, hashtag doom on the tube. Hashtag doom on the tube, yes. Yes, very nice. Oh my god. So, uh, I will explain to the audience why I'm wearing solar shades at the moment, which is what they are called in the future, which is where I'm from. I'm actually so hail from the end of this season of Star Trek The Next Generation, and I've come back to talk to Sean, who hasn't been there yet. Wow. wow. I'm, mind I'm mind blown. That's the summary for this week's episode of Star Trek The Next Generation <laughs> and Starfleet Boy, which is A Matter of Time, starring uh, the excellent Matt Fuhrer. And Sean, do you want to do, uh, before we talk more about Doomcock, do you want to do the episode s- summary? <laughs> I, can, I can do the episode summary. I mean, I would like it if you did, because I, I do so many of them. <laughs> I mean, I know what happens. Can, 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 I, can I point out a, a possible technical difficulty that we have? What is it? I can, I can sometimes hear myself through your speakers. Oh, I didn't do the thing. Thank you. You just saved the show. This is easily remedied for the rest of the episode. Well, there you go. By me putting on quick, quick, quick fix. Quick fix. <laughs> By me putting on he- headphones and hashtag so pro. <laughs> All right. it, it also adds to your outfit, it so does. that's awesome. It does actually. Now it's like wow, this is a, you're right. This totally makes it better. And now the it's amazing. You look like a Gen Ten Pokemon. <laughs> By the way, to answer, this show's even weirder because to answer another question that is on Twitter, which is, which is your favorite variation, that one is mine. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I love the, I love I it. It does that. <laughs> so, is, is, it the, is it the whole thing or is it just the, the, the delta with the, with the circle around it? The, or is it the, the whole shebang? I just, the whole badge? I don't know what any of this thing. means. It's never been explained on Star Trek as far as I know. Um, and I haven't I haven't come across any kind of like official information that details why there's this like huge bar of gold, essentially, <laughs> with like these little designs in there and what they mean. And there's a dot too that's on the other side. It represents when Starfleet was um, really rich. They had a lot of bars <laughs> of gold latinum with them. And- <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever in a Ferengi prison, offer them your com badge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gold. <laughs> right? It's, like, it's the best way to get out of there. Just offer them your gold, gold-pressed gold latinum com badge. That's a good idea. Yeah. 
Well, they're Ferengi. They might just take your combat and leave you in prison anyway. Do you have STLV FOMO as well? <clears throat> STLV what? FOMO, fear of missing out. Like, are you looking at all the, uh, you know, are you like all, all obsessively looking on Twitter like I am? Okay, so for, for people that are listening to us, as we speak, Star Trek Las Vegas, the biggest Star Trek convention is happening, yes. and so we're not there. We're not there. We are, and we're very happy to be together yes. talking, yes, this is but true. We, are, we, are, we are together talking alone, uh, away from, from all the fun. Um, yeah, I, I wish I was there. I've never been, and I hope I'll be able to go there someday. I, I want to go next year. That's my plan too. A, Maybe that, that'll, be, well, there we go. that'll be a thing. Because I have one of my new friends in, uh, in Quebec here. Uh, he went uh, with who was mates. And so they're all wearing scants of different colors and stuff. Mm. And they're all having fun. They met with Jordan Hoffman, took some photos. Um, so I, I, I want to join them next, di- next time, hopefully. They should form a Beatles tribute band and sing, Scant by me, love. There's been jokes about the three, you know, <laughs> scant amigos for a big while, for a while now. The, would you the, wear a scant? Would you wear a scant with them if you if they go again next year? Are you part of the if, scant? If I, if I, yeah, I, I could wear a scant with them if uh, if there were multiple people. I wouldn't I wouldn't solo scant, but I can I can multi scant. <laughs> multi scant. That's fine. <laughs> I don't. I I when I was a kid. But see, it kills the joke because there's three of them. So it's it. I, I said it's the three muscanteers. Oh my god, that is. But there's four in the actual novel, so it's perfect. You could be the da- D'Artagnan. Yeah. Of, th- of this this, well, he's not a musketeer, mus- isn't he? He's like a musketeer <laughs> no, he, in training, isn't he? Something. Right. Yeah. That's who you could be. That's how you explain. He's an apprentice. It. Yes. <laughs> You're scantly. You're scantly a muskenteer. Oh my god, I gotta stop. Yeah. So, I, so I can I can have like a gray scant, like a, a Wesley Crusher scant. We didn't know what they were called when I was a kid, and we just said, oh my god, there are dresses, men are wearing dresses on Star Trek. That's what we thought, <laughs> we thought was well, happening. Well, fir- one of the first videos I made on my channel, I talk about the uniforms, and so these were, back in the day, back in the day. That's my day. No, I, I, did, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't script my videos. I didn't script my videos. I just said whatever, you know, I thought was, was, was best to say in the moment. And I didn't know what they were called. I didn't do any research. I just called them a skirt or a dress, sorry. Right. Uh, so this guy's wearing a dress and I got so many angry replies, so many angry comments. It's a scant. You don't know it's a scant. I'd never heard of that before. I hadn't either because up until then I'd only thought that the acceptable... Um, <clears throat> male uniform was like pants or shorts, um, mm. and ex- and and on rare occasions a kilt. Um. <laughs> For that one guy that we all know, right? Me, I would have totally worn a kilt. In fact, I may have when I was a kid in jig competitions, which is a whole conversation. So with, I want to with, with, with underwear. What? Oh, I, yes, I was not brave. Okay, I was not brave enough to wear it. And it's tr- Go traditional. No, I did. I was. A, I was a. I was a reformist. The reformist uh, school. Of, uh... Oh wow! Oh my god! Look at that. Breaking traditions like that. I know. I know. Well, it's not. Bra- it's modifying a tradition, which is what Star Trek yeah. Discovery. Mo- We're just talking. It's way too much. We're supposed to keep this episode Wait, short. It's ridiculous. You haven't even done the summary. I demand so I that you stick to the, okay. the schedule. <laughs> My bad. This 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 episode's already gone all wrong. Let's it do happened. the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sunglasses. They're completely distracting. I know. 
but it is. But pay no wow. att- pay no attention to the man behind. This I can't one. see your emotions anymore. It's horrible. <laughs> <It's true>. <laughs> You're smiling, but I can't see. I'm it. gonna mute because I have to cough like a crazy amount, which is good. I think this is good. Okay, so I'll do my summary while you cough. <laughs> there we go. I'm back. Go on. <laughs> okay. Okay. So episode summary. Okay. So essentially, uh, the, the the USS Enterprise with um, the Captain Picard is off to help a planet in trouble. They're having uh, seismic activities, and you know they've got volcanoes and all hell's breaking loose on the surface of the planet. They also have a lot of ash that's stopping the sun um, from from heating heating the planet correctly. So that's kind of, I suppose, the subplot. Well, I didn't really notice if there was a plot A or a plot B. It was just kind of... There was no subplot. It was just two plots going on at the same time. I agree. Um, so, yeah, uh, Geordi and... Um, Geordi the tech whiz is sent down to the to the planet to kind of deal with that situation. So there's a whole story about Geordi uh, having to work uh, with the Enterprise and with the engineers on the planet's surface to essentially find a way to reheat the planet... Uh, and kind of take away all of the the, the um, what is it? it? It's just pollution, I suppose, or the yeah, like the particular nat- nat- natural particles that have kind of made right. this planet inha- inhabitable, uninhabitable. Right. My bad. Um, so that 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 plot's going on, and there's another plot that begins while we're on our way to this planet. Uh, that that involves a spacecraft. Apparently, from the 26th century, and a dude, a very special guest star, <laughs> Matt Fury, um, <laughs> from apparently the 26th century as well. And so he says that he's here to observe the Enterprise and observe crew members on the Enterprise, uh, you know, just do their thing until this sort of event happens and he's just here to Sean, check them out and you, document you, everything. You're saying the summary, I mean, like re-witnessing it is just so wonderful. Anyways, go on. Why well, is, is this because it's like one of the only times I've done the summary? No, is that it? I remember I'm from the future. I stated in the beginning of the show, like this. Oh like, my god! Really, really, I'm from. The, <laughs> I'm actually from the See, future. I can't. I can't do time shenanigans. I can't even remember the present. Come on. Anyways, go on. Sorry. <clears throat> anyway, for for the duration of the episode, everyone's kind of doubtful about this dude. Um, they don't really know. Reich is Reich is really mad at him. For, really for, like he's, he he just really doesn't like the he's guy. So mad. And <laughs> and so they give us they give us these shady shots of him stealing shit. Um, and eventually the big the big plot twist the big reveal is that he's he's not from the 26th century. He killed the guy that was from the 26th century that arrived in the 22nd century. And this guy's from the past and he's stealing stuff that he will pseudo invent. When he gets back to his time, but then of course Data and Picard and and the rest of the crew, I I imagine so, um, figured out his 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 whole thing and they stopped him. You will not and so the, the, my history, sir. <laughs> yes, yes. We need to talk about that outburst, that 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 speech. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. Yes, it's true. Anyway, sorry. Are you finished with your summary? No, you're not. <laughs> I'm I'm finished. I'm pretty much finished with it. Well, the only thing. T- 
you know, well, interesting to, to finish the summary saved. off. Yes. <laughs> the planet gets saved, and the ship goes back to the time from whence it came, or at least I think it goes back to the 22nd century, which yes. might not be good. I hope it goes back to the 26th. I think it goes um, to the 22nd, but anyways, go on. Okay, well, that's not really good anyway, because it'll just happen again. But this guy uh, stays in the 24th. Welcome to the 24th century. And he gets, uh, he'll get locked up in jail, and, and then I suppose he'll get interviewed and questioned by, by many historical scientists. And it's not, he's not going to be punished. We know how the Federation and Starfleet work. They're going to be like, we're going to rehabilitate you, and you're going to have mm. a nice little life. We're gonna give, there's no money here. We're going to give you a house or a planet to live on. Because we have plenty of them. Well, we sent to we sent to the, <laughs> like the penal colony on New Zealand, I assume. Oh, that's true. There is a penal colony. I forgot about that. Star, Star yeah, Trek Voyager. So Very true. He'll he'll be sent there, I I, I assume. But I mean, we've got nice beaches, <laughs> so he'll be fine. That's a great prison, by the way, is to herd sheep it is, all day. It is. Like, New Zealand? <laughs> it's like, we're going to send you to the land of the Lord of the Rings, and you will fight. See, that's that's just stupid. I would send people to Australia. Well, cause it's, that's a that's, prison. But then that would be racist because it's already traditionally a prison. Pl- it started out in real life as a prison planet. I mean, yeah, not a planet, but you know, well, planet, a, but a prison island. <laughs> that's what that's that's what I know is that Australia was originally a prison, but then it's a good idea because it's a rock with sand on it, isn't it? It. This is true. I love this episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> it's off to a good start. <laughs> um, well, that's because you already know what's happening. Right? I already know what's happening. This is like probably one of my favorite episodes. I also know how long this episode is going to be. And I'm going to see if you can change. Oh wow! If you can actually change the future and prove me wrong. I could hang up now. <laughs> no, you no, don't do it. <laughs> yes, you can. You win. You win. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Get off my bridge. I would, I would just do the show alone, dressed like, and then I would change to my mm. doomcock voice, um, <laughs> who I'm observing at the moment. Very, very meta, <laughs> very meta comment. I'm currently listening to um, uh, a, a slightly famous podcast that some of you might have heard of called Drunk Space Nine. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, I'm a few episodes behind because I'm I'm following along not as your episodes are released but more as as I as I rewatch my Deep Space Nine, and um, there's like an episode where you just hung up at the, at the end. Yes, I did. <laughs> your your co-host was quite surprised. You can hear him say, "Oh." Oh really? Oh, is that it? And then it just stops. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that's, a, that's one way to end a podcast. That, that's because Scott and I are real life friends, and sometimes we don't know we're joking with each other. And so, especially, how can you expect someone to be reasonable when they're drunk? I mean, like it's kind of impossible, right? But it, fair enough. Fair enough. But um, but actually, I thank you for mentioning that because I do want to say that um. Uh, for those who are current on Drunk Space Nine, the show is in a strange place, but I think it'll recover from it. Um, the other thing is, is that Goldu Scott, my co-host, uh, or I'm his co-host. We're never sure who, who's who's, but um, he's at. I think you're his co-host. He's at STLV, but it's the worst person to like. He's not. Uh, he's not into like. He doesn't tweet. He doesn't like share things. He hardly sends me. Fo- I was like, send photos so I can post them on our Drunk Space Nine account. But uh, he's there, and he and I'm sure he's out of his mind enjoying it. But he but he chooses. Uh, 
He chooses. He, he's not a tweeter. He chooses not to cooperate. <laughs> so, I, I can attest to that because I, I sent him messages on Twitter for weeks, and then eventually I got one reply to a comment. He added me as a friend so I could like direct message him. I said hi with a smiley face, and he never answered. Oh, and so. Did you, I, I, it's not rude. It's just he doesn't seem to be a Twitter guy. So I'll see in, in six months' time if he answers. You'll find. <laughs> well, okay. So we both man the Twitter. So I actually haven't answered because I was waiting for him to answer. But that's why I said email him. Because it's. Oh no no no! Oh. I'm talking about his personal Golder Scout. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, I have nothing to do with that. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah no no. <laughs> I, I assume I assume it's it's him alone. And um, so I just I, I'm challenging myself now. I'm I'm. I'm bidding on, on when he's going to answer. I, I think, so. so he listens to this show. I happen to know this for a fact. Oh, so I think oh God. <laughs> I've, 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 couldn't you tell me, couldn't, you being you, from the future, what, couldn't you tell me that I've cheated think, fate now? Why would you think one of my closest friends wouldn't listen to Starfleet Boy? He's, he listens to, this is why he doesn't make new Drunk Space Nines. It's because, or he's not in a hurry. He's like, ah, I just listen to Starfleet Boy. And that is not an impression. 26th of July. <laughs> That's when I sent the message. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Scott, see, I'm not such a bad person after all. You're worse than I am. Anyway, <laughs> that was a direct message. Uh, yeah. So I'm not involved with that. Sean, I'm very interested. I have a lot of questions. Actually, more than notes, I have questions that I wrote down in my notebook here. Um, <laughs> about this episode. Okay. Because I think, like, you know... Uh, this is a this is a an episode that has like two different things as you said going on and like definitely I think personally that they were both executed really well. I didn't care so much about Ooh. what was going on wow. on the planet until the Enterprise became mm. a conduit of some kind for energy and like this like insane amount. And then I was like, that was awesome. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second. I didn't understand what was going on. Now I, <laughs> now it's like, okay, this is insane. <laughs> so that was a pretty cool part. Um, so I was impressed when that happened. Cause usually in these type of episodes, like nothing really, you don't remember the, the other plot as, as you said in the summary, mm. that's why it's not a B plot in your assessment, I would assume. But, um, but the other story, if you will. But in this case, I thought it was memorable. So, I've, well, yeah, go ahead. It, it was nice to have like a visual conclusion to that kind of subplot because usually these these secondary plots um, with like a, a shenanigans happening on a planet, they usually end by saying, uh, "Jordi de Picard, it's fixed. Yeah, beam me up," <laughs> and then it's just kind of done. And um, th this was different. We had like a, and the CG was good. Uh, we're watching the, rem I'm watching the remastered Same. version on Netflix, and uh, it looks it looks pretty good actually. Um, I couldn't tell and you. It was, it, it was a spectacle, so yeah. I liked it. I couldn't tell you if the effects were impressive, like in its original airing. I'd have to watch one of those like comparison videos because I can't remember because the the remastered mm. CG is so good. I'm like, oh, that's how it always was. <laughs> I, I love the TNG remastered. I hate the the original series remastered. Really, I, lo I but, love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I, I hate is maybe a big word. There's just certain elements that I'm not too keen on. I think mm. they went a little overboard in certain circumstances. Well. Um, well, now you have Star Trek Discovery, which is also a remastering of TOS. Anyways, uh, sorry. Sorry, that was <laughs> I just don't know what to say. <laughs> Doomcock has influenced some of this show. No, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm really... <laughs> 
Season two, Star Trek Discovery, <laughs> Captain Pike is gay. Oh. Well, technically, he could be. He could be. Now that I think about it, nothing says he isn't. In the novelization of uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, which Gene Roddenberry... That's not canon. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, Go but... Ahead. <laughs> I'll show you where you can put your canon. Anyways... <laughs> Well, I mean, and yeah. I learned the same place. The same place you put your doom cog, I suppose. But. <laughs> wow! Yes, actually, it is the same goddamn place. But anyways, uh, the uh, <laughs> the novelization which Gene Roddenberry God wrote, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Fair, fair. We can agree it. And Gene Gene Goddenberry. Gene Goddenberry wrote um, uh, Captain Kirk. The character contemplates. Uh, a sexual uh, relationship, perhaps with a romantic slash sexual relationship with uh, with Spock, and that's. Bullshite. I'll just put that there. I don't believe that. I'll just really? Put that right there, and then did, just leave did, it did there. Did Gene Roddenberry do that? Did he do that? Or was he influenced by the sixties um, and uh, drugs? Sh- by, and the, like... by the by the by the sh- by the <laughs> shipping era, because shipping shipping began with Star Trek. They started shipping um, Spock and, and Kirk together in fandom. And was what, he simply okay. influenced by... I have a... This is a genuine question because I think the actual shipping uh, started with uh, Julian Bashir and uh, Garrick, but then um, Spock and Kirk were retconned into shipping because I don't think shipping really existed until, like, the 90s. I think shipping, the term, as in um, relation shipping, right. for people I, that yes, yes. You know, are unaware, um, <laughs> I think the term itself is a, is a relatively modern term. Yeah, it came, it came into play where clearly Bashir and Garrick were supposed to be together. Prior to shipping, that kind of relationship only existed, well, as far as I can but remember, in slash fiction, f- which was actually a yeah. cooler word for it, in my opinion. But it sounds a little pornographic. <laughs> It sounds more extreme. It does. Slash fiction. <laughs> slash fiction, right? <laughs> it's true, it does. Shipping is but, very gentle. But I think, it's like, I'm going not, to ship so you the word together. It, Sorry. <laughs> the word itself is more modern, I think. But I think the 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 like the the concept began with, with Kirk and Spock. The concept of having two characters that were essentially not supposed to be together in any way, um, putting them together just because, you know, I suppose kinkiness. Um, kinky reasons. Yes, I think that that began with Star Trek: The Original Series I, and with Kirk and Spock. I 100 percent believe that that's true because I'm certain that if I were um, watching Star Trek on television in the 60s when it originally aired, that I would I'd be like, oh yeah, maybe 100. Mm. percent There's a lot of there's a lot of love between those two, and it's expressed on the show. Uh, <laughs> It's it's easy for the mind to wander. Well, I, I I would have I would have shi- I would have shipped I would have shipped McCoy and Spock more than um. Kirk I and think Spock. that happened too. It's a, it was a three because, it's clearly because... a three way relationship there going oh, on. Oh really? Yeah, oh wow! Very yeah. open, very future. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> now I would have shipped McCoy simply because you, you can feel the the sexual tension. He's always angry, right? That <laughs> and Spock does have daddy issues, so it would make sense that he would go with an older man as opposed to Captain Kirk, who's around his age. Look at that. We fixed it. 
Here you go. We've fixed all the canon inconsistencies. Here you go. You can proceed, Discovery. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> Spock. Spock is is not present in season two of Discovery because he's off trying to find young Kirk in the academy. Yes. Or, 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 or on another ship somewhere. Yes. 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 I think it'd be cool if Dax shows up in the middle of the season. I mean, McCoy's season. nickname is Bones. Oh my gosh. God damn. Wait, remember, we're not on Drunk Space 9, although you no, will we're be not. on the show. We're not. This is like your audition tape for Drunk Space 9. I think Scott... Yeah. I, I, I feel like I've been heavily influenced over these past few weeks. So. <laughs> Scott, this is the official audition tape for... For, My God. for Trek on the tube to appear on Drunk Space Nine, I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll agree. Oh, look! If I, it's the first time I've said nothing of this. I've said nothing of interest in in the past twenty four minutes. I think it's the first time on Starfleet Boy. We usually get into some hardcore topics. We are about just, to. I have notes. I'm not forgetting oh, yes, them. You just have questions. We're, just because we're Very distracted true. here and there. I do have a, I do have another uh, thing to point out real quick, and then I'll ask you my first question. Unless you have some notes you okay. want to go over. Um, which is, I think that um, you haven't commented on the new uh, views that you have um, behind, <laughs> behind Starfleet Boy. And now I'm not so shadowed. I'm not, even though I am wearing sunglasses, I'm not in the witness protection program like I was no. before where I was sometimes completely in, in shadow. So that's good. Well, <clears throat> I did comment. Oh, yes, you did. Sorry. But, <laughs> but you don't know that because I commented alone. When I when I watched uh, one of the uh, latest episodes of Starfleet Boy at home, nice. Uh-huh. You guys watch us on a TV, like on a TV. <laughs> no, it's just I I have a tendency to when I'm I don't know doing the dishes or something. I'll just That's what, throw up a Starfleet Boy. I heard I heard that happens a lot. Oh yeah, look what's. <laughs> Well, that's Deep Space Nine. See, Drunk Space Nine is influencing me. <laughs> no, you did the TNG. It sounded like TNG's thing. So I got this at the... That's because they have the first few notes the same, I think. I got this. I've they... been showing one of these every episode. Did I already show... I already showed this one. Oh, damn it. I, already, <laughs> I just remembered. Well, the chances are you've showed the Enterprise D. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I meant to show a different one. Hold on. It's coming. Um, and while I go get that one, the question that I had for you is... What would you do, Sean, if you were just kind of hanging out and this, like, ship appeared in front of your, like, in your backyard, let's say. Like, basically, Mm -hmm. the situation, whoever Rasmussen really is, the inventor from New Jersey, like, that same scenario, what would you do with the time machine that you, uh, that you somehow acquired? Well, I have a wife and a child, and a I have a wife and a child on the way, so the correct answer is... I don't do anything. Nice. I uh, I take care of my family. But uh, the 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 tricky answer is <laughs> I would find a way to get on that ship and go to the future. You would definitely go to the future. <laughs> you definitely. Go I would. I would. I would want. I, I would want to go to the future. Yeah. I, I could even so take my family with me to could. to a peaceful future. Um, I mean, assuming it's a utopian future, not a. You know, how do you know? Not, 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 not a Mad Max how do you type know, scenario. But. How do you know it's utopian unless you've lived there for a while? Like, would you go, sample each of these potential, like, futures? Like, would you, like... I think I'd look for go, Picard. You go 100 years, it's not okay. <laughs> you go, like, 300 years, it still doesn't feel right. You go, like, 700 years, right? And then, you know, mm. you find, like, how would you do it? Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what you try and do, right? Yeah, it's true. I think I'd, I'd skip, I'd skip, I'd skip maybe, yeah, every hundred years, just check it out, see what's going on, um, see what's happening. Had you, had you seen this episode? 
Had you seen this episode of TNG before? Or was this your first time? I, I had. I, I, I had seen it. I've seen it, I think, three times um, when I was a kid because I used to binge TNG <laughs> just on repeat. Um, and I used to like this episode as a kid. Were you, I gotta say, it. Were you it, surprised I was by the underwhelmed ending when you like? I was very surprised okay. by the ending the first time. I was I was mind blown by it, um, because I think the execution isn't that good, <laughs> contrary to what you think. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that later. Or but, we you know, talk, I, I we was... Could ta- we could talk about that now. <laughs> we can talk about that now. No, okay. Well, I have a question. So, I have a question about that because um, I was I was also, like, totally like... <gasps> but it's like... what The sad mm. thing about episodes like this is, like, they only work... The, the impactful part of it, the reason you're, like... The once. They only work the one time. So it's, like, like yeah. a cool episode to, so, like... You can show it to someone else and kind of relive that, like, experience when you see them react. But I do think mm. that, yeah, that that would be, like, a... It's a built-in fatal flaw, I think, of episodes like this where you have, like... It is. The surprise at the end. That it is. I don't said. know if you know that movie, <laughs> that, that movie called The Game... Yes. Um, it works once, <laughs> it right? Only once. It's true. That's a really great. Because then when I example. rewatched it, I was like, "This isn't good." Um, I loved it. I it was one of my favorite movies the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I was like, "This this isn't working for me." So I think the um, the movie works once. That's why I prefer psychological thrillers more, like uh, Shutter Island, which I think works yeah. every time because every time you interpret it. I differently. haven't seen that one, so I'll, I'll have to check it out. But or Ooh. like the uh, the other one, I love that movie. That's along the same veins. It's uh, Inception, for example. I think Inception. that movie's uh, yeah. totally like one that you can like um, glean new insight from uh, all the time. But yeah, it's just like the Sixth Sense. I've only think I think I love that movie, but I've only seen it like one time or two times because same it- thing. <laughs> I've seen the Sixth Sense once, and I loved it. And I haven't rewatched it since because I'm afraid to. A Beautiful Mind uh, with Russell Crowe is a movie that I've only seen once. I think it's it's probably one of my favorite movies, but I've, because I've only seen it that one time, I, I'm I'm afraid of watching it a second time. Now, the, if it's done right, I haven't seen the a second time mind, you watch. So don't tell okay, me. Okay, so don't tell I, I, me won't, I won't spoil. I won't go, spoil go, anything. Go. But <laughs> if, if 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 these kind of movies or episodes are done right, when you rewatch it, you simply have a different interpretation of what's going on, and you're kind of you see things that you didn't see before, which is the way I see Fight Club. Uh, now when I watch Fight Club um, but if it's done wrong then the movie becomes completely pointless because you've already seen the plot twist I, I think you're right and I think uh, one of the reasons I think it was done well in this episode is because what stands out about this episode what I remembered the most when I was getting ready to rewatch this episode was not the cool twist at the end even though I did you know, I was like, as soon as the episode I'm like oh yeah it's that one right but <laughs> I'm like, oh, I already know what happens. But um, the thing that I think that I didn't notice ever before, and I've only seen this episode a handful of times, like probably this is the the third time ever that I've seen it. Um, what I didn't remember was all the great performances, and that stood out 100% this time in my mind. So I think it's mm. valuable from like a uh, like a... A novelty perspective, if you will, um, especially on subsequent viewings. Excuse me. And what I know, what I really liked was like the character interplays. Like, for example, um, how they were all reacting to Rasmussen. And I started kind of picking apart uh, the character and trying to find a flaw in his like continuity or his like. So you know, he 
he's basically like a really good con artist. He somehow, what I want to know is how did he like get so knowledgeable about everything? How does he, like I kind of want to, I rarely like prequels, but I would love an episode of Star Trek. Like let's say Star Trek Discovery just randomly decides to not, the show's not about any of the characters and they do a show set in the 22nd an episode set in the 22nd century where the time traveler visits Rasmussen I'd love to see we that we could have a short we could have a short track a short track episode yeah. about that you know call it the Rasmussen Boom. files or whatever because I want to see what Whoever the guy's name is probably like Joe Leone or you know Joe Leone, <laughs> New Jersey inventor. I don't know. It's like hey, hey. <laughs> but I don't know if that means that you're from New Jersey, Sean. But <laughs> but it was great. <laughs> it's, it's just that Joe Leone to me sounds very mafioso, right? Is that, is that right? Are you saying that like someone should change their name if it's Joe Leone because of the stigmas presented? No, keep it. Oh, you're saying it's a keep good it. Thing? Okay, okay. I would love to sound I like mean, I come from the so mafia. So what would be more of like a the con mob, artist be awesome. name? Like what would you, and I mean he okay he must have been a really bad adventure because first of all he must have given up by the time the time traveler arrived. We can be sure of that because a truly genuine inventor wouldn't be trying to like you know kill. A time traveler to steal his time machine, right? Right. So yeah, maybe mean, he is a mafioso. Maybe it maybe. is Joe Leone. Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy Trinket. Jimmy Trinket. Right. He might not even be an inventor. That might be. He he's just a pathological liar. He, he does. He, he does say that he's a he's a failed inventor. A, he, <laughs> he does say that he's a failed inventor. So that that to me is just someone that stays at home, and you know, procrastinates and says, "I'll, I'll invent something tomorrow." And as luck would have it, a time machine lands in his lap. Boom. Life is so unfair. (laughs) Surprise. It can't end up in my... Like, it won't appear here in my room. It just, you know... <laughs> of course not. Joe Leone not, not us, gets him. the time machine. So yeah, I really want to. <laughs> I really want to know more about those circumstances, and ki- you kind of can figure some of that out just as we we spent time doing here. So I think from that perspective, again, the episode is amusing. Um, um, I did like, you know, again, if I if I had to imagine myself. Uh, watching it more attentively when I was a kid, which I totally didn't. <laughs> I was probably doing homework at the same time as watching it, which is, you know, the only way I was allowed to watch TV. But <laughs> okay, it was usually math. I can't do. I can't. I can't. I. I just can't multitask. I can't watch an episode, and and. I watch episodes of shows that I don't necessarily enjoy, but while I do the dishes, but then I pay close attention to the dishes, like, and not the episode. I, I can't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not good at doing two things at, at once. I couldn't, I couldn't do homework. I couldn't read while having the TV on or something. That, that wouldn't work. I couldn't read either, but I think I always tried to do math while Star Trek The Next Generation was on. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get those Wesley vibes. <laughs> I was totally 100%, which is probably why I didn't do well in math, mom and dad. Uh, and <laughs> just kidding. Totally just kidding. I love you, mom and dad. Uh, <laughs> Were you the same age as as um, Will Wheaton when he was on the show? Were you younger or how older? Old is, how does that work? Do you have any idea how have old no idea. Will Wheaton is now? I can, I can, I can Google that as we hey, speak. He's Siri, not even in this how episode. How old is Will Wheaton? Oh. Let's see. Will Wheaton is 
He's 45. He was five years older than I am. Well, technically he's 46 because apparently his birthday is the 29th of July. So he just he just turned Happy 46. Happy birthday, Will Wheaton. Happy birthday, Will Wheaton. Belated. If this were Junk Space Nine, I would propose a toast. Yes. Well, I just finished my coffee, so I have no more. I have no more toasts to give. Sorry, Will Wheaton. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> you should have thought of it at the beginning of the show. <laughs> oh, damn it. You snooze, Will Wheaton loses, right? Did you see how I used uh, speaking of canon, I know I know we're trying to we're trying to keep on a time crunch here and I will win this. I my time, which I've written down on a piece of paper which I'll show you at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> as a, as a proof, oh, so I have to, I have to, ba- I have to battle this. As proof, I have to, I have to fight yes. this. As proof that I was, uh, <laughs> that I'm from the future. Um, but, uh, but uh, did you see my canon chart, my mind node that I posted on the, <laughs> on the internet? Yeah, did you? I saw that. Did you see the Will I was, Wheaton? I was confused by it. Did you see the Will Wheaton reference? Can I show it real quick? <laughs> yeah, I did. Go ahead, put sh- it up on screen. I'm going to show it real quick so that we can talk about it real quick. Because actually, this is a perfect episode to talk about canon and not canon. Um, not just of Starfleet Boy, but also of Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay, so here's, here's <laughs> one, one of my notes. It's very short, and it ties into the to, to canon. I just wanted to say that it's interesting because in this episode, the Federation colony that we visit, uh, they use clear screen pads, so transparent pads, and they have a clear screen... Um, in their laboratory yes in their lab and so I think we don't see that often we've seen it in one, like the episode where there's a crystalline entity that attacks a colony uh, but we don't see it often but we do see these transparent screens come up in TNG and it, it pleases me to see them um, somewhere else than in Discovery well it pleases so you it, but I mean, there's, disco- so there's canon right but there's also continuitists <laughs> Right and continuous to th- this is what bothers like all the continuitists because they're like, well, there's these clear screens in Star Trek: The Next Generation, but they seem like they're not in Star Trek: The Original Series. So how does a mm. show that takes place before them have it? So you know, I'm sure someone will well, pull he- up. Well, he- here's the here's the thing. Let, let let's be very clear, and I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up because you had a conversation on Twitter about this, yeah. but I didn't I didn't you know butt in, but. Continuity and canon are two very different elements. Canon is decided by essentially like the the producers or the the owners of the the franchise, the the owners of the product. They decide what is and what isn't canon. Continuity is essentially a coherence in storytelling. The canon that the producers decide isn't necessarily coherent or doesn't necessarily have any continuity to it. So they can decide to make things canon even if they don't make sense. And then you have to just deal with that. Right. Right. And you can make, th- you can make things up in your mind. Uh, we can also refer to Memory Alpha, which have the most amazing ways of explaining the most ridiculous things. <laughs> so um, that, but, yeah, you just have to kind of deal with that. that. That brings me to, hold on, I need to switch the tool here. You're a tool. Um, Picard. Okay, so that, so in my um, in my logic, uh, there's there's Star Trek canon, right? And this includes 
Star Trek the original series, the animated series, Star Trek 1 through 6, TNG, Star Trek 7 through 11. That's... Star Trek 7, Star Trek 7 to 10, I think you mean. Is it? Because 11 is... is it, oh, I thought Nemesis was... Here, I, I'll fix it later. I thought Nemesis was 11. I don't think 11. so, yeah. My math is not... No, because we, we have 13 movies currently. As I've already established, so, my math is terrible in this... Uh, <laughs> 11 is Star Trek 09. All right, got it. <clears throat> Anyways, that was meant to be Star Trek 10 then. Um, and then there's the transitional primary canon. And the reason why there is a transitional primary canon is because uh, Gene Roddenberry's main sphere of influence is in this part of Star Trek. And then these are post-Gene Roddenberry uh, Star Treks. But they are still very close to his original vision because basically the people that worked on these shows also worked with Gene Roddenberry. So that's why you have Star Trek DS9, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Enterprise. So it backs up your point about who decides what canon is. So Star Trek then again says, hey, well, there's ca- these things happen because Spock travels from one universe into another universe or from one timeline into another timeline. And it's the Spock from this timeline over here. So now you have some... So in some way, Star Trek... 2009 through beyond is canon and then i just put star trek discovery there because it's not finished yet so we i find it i find it tiring that star trek uh is the story of spock the same way the x-men movies is just the story of wolverine is it though well i mean except what you've gotten blue there everything else is about spock I think, or maybe not TNG, <laughs> yeah. but he still he still has. You just you just Voyager's, did a two episode. Yeah, Voyager. I mean, DS Nine uh, and Voyager are not about Spock. I don't know. I don't know. He's just he's too present. Well, he definitely me. brings this into canon, though. That's what I'm saying. Is like the presence of 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 this Spock in this universe brings it into canon, but rightfully so as an alternate reality, not not the reality. Hmm. That you know we're into Star Trek Discovery. Spock's pr- Spock's, I, I put Star Spock's. Trek Discovery into secondary canon only because it's not finished, so we have no idea mm. where it falls. Until where they're going with it? Where they're yeah. going with it? Okay, I gotta say two things. And then Spock's these- presence in um, Spock's presence in Star Trek 09 just kind of proves that it's not a reboot because a reboot is when you restart something, and if, right. if you've got a character that continues on, then it's not a restart. Um, also, I, I do not um, second. Your chart there, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not one that follows your your personal little chart. Though I will say that everything that you have under primary, uh, tradis- transitional primary and secondary um, canon, that is all canon. You just have a way of segment like, you segregate canon. Right, and the reason I put all these things, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the reason I put all these things into the canon. Uh, bubble here is because there are elements now because of shows like Discovery and even things that may have happened over here that are influenced by books, comics, audios, fan fiction, fan films, William Shatner, Patrick Stewart, and video games. So I think they're good influencers of canon, and they all and some of them become canon because they appear on these shows. So Discovery has the yeah. opportunity to canonize. A lot of things, including William Shatner and Patrick Stewart. So, <laughs> but the, the the rule is, um, all of these things that you've got in yellow here, uh, uh, until they haven't been like shown on screen by one of the any of the <laughs> things that are up there, um, they're not established in canon. Well, that's why I but unfortunately they, they when influence. you're talking about what's pagan but noble, which is my subcategory, there's way too many to list, so I just put them in 
like I said, I just put them in. I know there's only like two books by Jerry Taylor that are considered canon, and sad. Well, no longer. Oh, they're they've done. Been, okay, so moved, see, like, move. This part's just. These are just general categories. They're not meant to to say that any specific work is or isn't canon, but that they can be, and that's why they're there. So that's how that works, if that helps. But the Star Trek Authority, which you talked about earlier, in my view, the primary sources of knowledge about canon, or when you're like trying to decide what and what isn't canon, is, of course, Gene Roddenberry, uh, perhaps his family and friends that are passionate about Star Trek, and people who worked, of course, with Gene Roddenberry, such as Rick Berman, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're not, they're not necessarily the final word on canon, but they have a, a high sphere of influence. They're the highest, the primary source of influence for canon. See, Next, I find there's too many names in, in your thing. What do you that, mean? Ca- canon for a work of fiction shouldn't work like a like a friggin' democracy. Right? But it, it does it's, in it's real dicta- life. It's a, it's, it's a dictatorship. <laughs> there should be one person that says, this is possible, this is not, this is what happened, and that didn't. Wow, you just became the Anakin the, Skywalker of Star Trek. Um, maybe. No, I do deal in Star Trek absolutes. No, I'm sorry. It's just There needs to be some sort of clear decision. The problem with that, Sean, is that because Gene Roddenberry is dead and the show continues no one is willing to agree on who that authority should be. Therefore, the I authority... I think the main problem is we, we the have Paramount and CBS. They're still comprised of many individuals. See, Paramount and CBS is an entity. You're saying... The way, you're, the, the way I'm understanding what you're saying is like, Sohail, and I, and I agree with this 100%, by the way, should be the authority on canon. And I think that that's true. <laughs> okay. like, I think that, like, well, you know what? I might be the Palpatine of Star Trek. Why don't you join me on this crusade <laughs> to take over, to rule the Star Trek canon? What, I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what, what I think is if um, Star Trek was, like, if Viacom and, and CBS would emerge again, or if, let's say, another third entity were to buy all of Star Trek from, from everyone else. So if, essentially, Star Trek needs to be owned by one company. And once that's done, that company can designate someone to lead. For example, Alex Kurtzman's been designated to lead everything regarding CBS. The problem is you can't actually call him like the, the canon overlord because he doesn't have any control whatsoever what's going on with the Paramount movies. If Paramount were to also, although all of a sudden, he is involved with them, so he does have influence. he is involved with them. He has influence on Paramount both, uh, to, in both if, spheres, spheres, if you will. He if may Paramount in fact were to be say, the most influential person in Star Trek right now. Yeah, but if Paramount were to say, okay, look, what CBS have done with Alex Kurtzman, we're doing it with Alex Kurtzman as well. He's now uh, our our showrunner for these movies. He's now our overlord for these movies. Then I would be like, okay, he's calling the shots. In all of the Star Trek that we will ever see on, on our screens, small or big, he's the canon lord now. Everything that he says is canon is everything that he's. But then he would have to make official statements. He can't just, you know, he has to stand up somewhere and say, this is, this isn't, this is, this isn't. We have, I don't know how this happened. It could be because Future Me made this happen, Future Me being myself. But I just got a text message with uh, from Scott from Goldie Scott. Oh wow! And so now I'm going to show what he's. You really are from the future. I, I really am from the future. So now I'm going to switch. That's amazing. I'm going to switch here really quickly to show that um, that Scott has officially taken a picture with uh, 
cheery William Shatner. Wow, he's very cheery in that picture. He must have made my my friend Scott, and then I forget who this is, but it's someone that that I know. <laughs> but anyways, okay, so Scott Scott is on the left. Scott's right? on the left, and then I now have a face to a voice. Yes, now Amazing. you know what Scott looks like. He probably hates that I'm showing. Everyone, no, he's been on the show, so he can't hate that. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations, Scott. I tried to do this and I failed, um, but maybe next year. <laughs> Very cool. I Let me uh, congratulate you on the photo that you took. I congratulate you on the photo that you. Oh no, that yours was way better actually. I can't, I have to I have to bow to that. <laughs> that was really good. You are the official William Shatner of. Uh, <laughs> The the voice of William Shatner versus. <laughs> I'm just okay. I'm just gonna take a, t- oh a minute God. to say wow. Wow. And ah, uh, do you want to come on Starfleet, boy, and tell tell the story? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Um. You can be a call-in guest. All right, that's cool. We're on now. Oh, I didn't tell him that. We are live yeah, now. There that's is. important. We're live. <laughs> We're live on Starfleet, boy. Ha, 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 ha. Back to the studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, the real question I have on my mind, Sean, is um how do we prevent doomcock from becoming the president of the united federation of planets that's what we all have to think about anyways i think he's preventing himself honestly i, th- but I hope so whatever. i hope you're right some of his like i watched i fell into the trap and i watched his expanse uh <laughs> and you know i have he, need, he needs he needs know, to be have, sent to repente spot for the expanse and he just loves on it like he just like he he spews his doom all over the expanse and I was enjoying <laughs> that's just that's just disgusting I don't want to know about the expanse being spewed doom on I'm not I don't, I don't want that uh, we're get, uh, we're gonna find out now that's if, too much <laughs> we're gonna find out right now if um, I'm in the convention still not a good time I, so I'm so we could have had we could have had a live all right we could have had a live uh, convention update um, segment yeah. segment that would have been amazing and unique for starfleet boy <laughs> but instead we're just sitting here like two schmucks because <laughs> we have right? major fomo we have major fear of this thing next year sean we're gonna broadcast live from we are. uh stlv and we'll sh- we'll show siri just talked to me for no reason okay okay I'm going to be like, hold on. No, I'm not going to convey all that guilt to Scott, but I will say, okay, talk to you <laughs> later. Can't wait One day. for the download. One day there'll be a, um, we'll, we'll have, we'll have a panel. We'll have a live Starfleet Boy panel at, at, uh, at Star Trek Las Vegas, right? I... We'll do an episode in front of, in front of an audience. <gasps> Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. That would be, be stressful. Cool. All right, be amazing though. So, anyways, you saw my thing, but I never got to tell the. I never got to explain my Will Wheaton joke. So I'm gonna go quickly, really quickly. Go ahead. Back to fin- the- finish off that Will Wheaton joke. <laughs> I should have known you'd have so much to say about this damn chart. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm that kind of person. So, anyways, you have professional fans, then you have non-professional fans, then you have fans. And then you have noble non-fans, and I wrote, Will Wheaton, just kidding. (laughs) 
Because uh, Will Wheaton, of course, is a fan of the show. He may not have always been. I don't know. Anyways, that's my chart, and that was my joke. And it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you got a few likes on Twitter, so some people like the joke. Yes. Or the chart. Yes. Or both. Yes. <laughs> all right, so... Um, Before all of this, you were talking about how the characters... And the performances were very good in this episode. They were. And I wanted, I wanted <laughs> to follow up on that by saying that I agree. I don't think the execution of both stories was very good, but I will say that I enjoyed all of the character moments and I enjoyed everyone's, just what you said, everyone's reaction to this um, uh, past dude. Um, the, the way that Riker is just constantly mad at him, the the amazing speech and outburst by Picard in, in his ready room, <laughs> um, the kind of odd reactions that Data has towards him. Yeah, he, um, he like he's got these he cold, like confused submits, responses. But he also submits to him and starts calling him sir, like in that one scene where he's like, "Oh, oh, yes, yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir." And it's like Data, what what is going on here? Like that takes him. Balls for Rasmussen I, um, to do that. I like, I, I like, I like all that. I did like I the that. line that Data says as well, which is, "I presume the handprint thing will work whether you are conscious or not." <laughs> I, I I put that in my notes. That's a, uh, that's a threat. That was so good. Data threatened him. So, like, in, in, that was so cold. I love that. That was awesome. I think that Rasmussen tricked the actual time traveler whose name may have been Rasmussen um, by seducing him because why would you give time print authors a handprint authorization to uh, a loser inventor from New Jersey uh, like how did he even you know you would think this si- this ship is so secure that you, you couldn't really hack plot it. hole hack it plot hole <laughs> plot, plot hole. hole okay I'm just I'm just gonna assume that he he I'm, I think he beat the guy down he he hurt him a lot um, because this guy's coming from the 26th century, he he wasn't expecting such violence. Because it's so nice um, in the 26th century. Yeah, exactly. He, I mean, Although- he's you know, it's 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 easy to be a saint in heaven. And um, so he rolls up to the 22nd century and gets gets um, beat by this guy, and the guy essentially told him to change the the handprint authorization on the ship, and and he because he knows how to work the ship too. He must have got the guy to tell him how it works. Unless it's just all, you know, voice activated. Spaceship, take me to the 26th century or take me to the Picard. Well, that was interesting. And then also the time limit was interesting. Like, why wouldn't he just be able to do things at his leisure? Which, by the way, there is a time limit. I have to keep looking at, you know, that's part of the (laughs) the story here. (laughs) Now we will see. (laughs) Maybe it's because he doesn't exactly know how to use it to perfection. Maybe the the guy, he... um, you know, I assume beat up. Um, told him how to, you know, use. I think he like killed. The, I think I think he said he, he murdered. He straight murder up murdered him, the guy. Right? Yeah, and I think he oh may God. have just taken. It's like what Data is suggesting. He's like he may have just taken the guys. He may have chopped. I mean, he must be a mafioso uh, for sure because yeah. he may have chopped yeah. off the guy's hand, put it on the thing, and then said, "Ship reprogram." Yeah, I hundred percent. This guy is 
uh, nefarious ways uh, are coming yes, at. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, the, that, those were two things that I noticed um, uh, in that. And then, so, like, you know, why does he have a time limit? That was weird. Um because he probably doesn't know how to work the work ship the properly. Ship. So that's a good, yeah, that's a good Trek explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I assume, I assume that's it. Because then it's just stupid. Yeah. And then if his ship goes back to the 22nd century, then it, it just it's just lying around in the 22nd century somewhere. This is it? true. This is true. And someone else is going to get it. Or well, no, now now no one may because if they try the handprint, they wouldn't even know where the freaking thing is because like the ship looks yeah. very uniform and like he happens to touch this one area and then it turns into the handprint thing and the, well, that's the back of the ship, the, the, the yeah. aft of the ship. Yeah, there's not even all, a door. Yeah, I gotta say I hated the design of the ship. Out of all of the things, I loved all of the the, the CG and I loved the, the the big you know finale that we had regarding the planet. I just hated the look of the ship. It looks, it's it's one of those, how should I say this? Star Trek has this way of encapsulating the past by trying to show us the future. Right. They they, they show us these, what like their idea of what the future will be, but in these hideous kind of, I don't know, past ways. And it felt very old for a, for a future ship. I just didn't like the design. I think it was too far-fetched. I think what I remember when I was a kid, like thinking, well... I thought it was cool. I remember thinking it was cool. Like, the idea of a future ship being so minimal kind of appealed to mm. me because I thought, like, oh, it, yeah, like, everything would be voice operated. The computer would be so smart that it would be able to do most, like, navigation would be, it'd be kind of like how we have, uh, we're on the horizon of having um, autonomous vehicles. One day, yeah. your your child, as a matter of fact, may never drive a car. <laughs> Think about that for Maybe. a second. Maybe. It may it may never be a necessity uh, for 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 uh, little on the tube. But um, <laughs> oh, little on the tube. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I like that. But I don't know if I I. I think now having seen so Doctor Who comes to mind. I think I mentioned this to you on our offline conversation, but Doctor Who comes to mind uh, when I see this episode, and I remember being excited when I was younger because there was a possibility that there was going to be a crossover with Doctor Who of the time um, and uh, Star Trek: The Next. Oh my gosh! I just have to show you. Okay, we're getting live STLV coverage. <laughs> So you have to see this, wow. Sean. Sorry, I gotta stop. This saying. really is an exceptional episode. <laughs> it really is. Your dreams came true. You were like, "We're we're not getting this coverage," and then all of a sudden, uh, Scott has is making our dreams come true. And we can break down how uh, this actor uh, facial expression in this um, photo. Uh, tells about how he feels about who he's with. <laughs> so there's Scott in the casino because it takes place at a casino <laughs> with uh, Michael Dorn. And Michael so cool. Dorn looks slightly perturbed by Scott. No, I'm just kidding. He does not. <laughs> well, I mean, you could interpret as Scott just touched his ass. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Scott, are you... T <gasps> Look at that. Look at that. That is very... <laughs> <laughs> That's very bad. Scott, please stop harassing, stop. sexually harassing the uh, the icons of Star Trek. But anyways, that's amazing. He just happened to see Michael Dorn and accosted him for a photo. That's really, really cool. That's, that's awesome. 
So uh, that's awesome. Hello, congratulations. Did that? I, we'll do that. We'll we'll be doing that next next year. year yes, we're gonna have. We'll be the creepo. We'll be the creepos, <laughs> rolling up to to all these Star Trek icons. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry to the podcast listeners. There's so many things in this episode that you can't see. This this episode is just a mess. <laughs> This is not what you expected, is it? <laughs> no. It's never what you expect. <laughs> so, um, hold on. OMG, we are flipping out. This might be your past, <laughs> but it is my future. <laughs> okay, so we do have to spend a little time talking about that scene. Watching the best it this scene time, of the episode, I think. What's that? Best scene in the episode. Yeah, hundred percent. The I whole mean, the whole Picard moment. The whole moment. Yes, everything yeah. uh, up until the conclusion. And that, that that's that's the true Star Trek because not only do you have uh, an amazing speech and performance, but that's the the moment where the two stories come together, and um, you have that moral dilemma. So that's if that were the episode, that moment, it would be a ten. But then there's the rest. <laughs> But that that moment <laughs> that moment is is the defining moment. I think I figured out what you don't like about this episode, or I may have already known that because I'm from the future. Ooh. But anyways, you seem confused about your own uh, time travel. I'm just trying really hard not to give too much away because oh okay I don't want oh, I yes, don't want I, you to, I don't want you I don't want to influence your decisions about how long this episode can go on for. <laughs> I definitely don't want to do that. So just say. <laughs> At any moment, I could just I could just hang up. You could. It would be really brilliant. But I think we got another um, message from uh, uh, from Scott. But this one I don't think makes sense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking about Star Trek: The Next Generation. Okay. So uh, so yeah, the. Um, the whole speech is really wonderful and great, and it, ke- it it makes me wonder, especially if I were in the same situation. Okay, I just ask you: Do you think he's is Picard is Picard right in his argument? Like, do you think that Picard Picard's plea to find out what the correct decision is or what the decision he he's recorded in history as making is for him to find out? Do you think that that's a valid? Thing. And do you think? Absolutely. And do you think that? But then, do you think even though this guy's a charlatan, uh, do you think it was in the moment before you knew that 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 was up? Because you do think it's brilliant. Do you think that like in that moment he did what he should have done, or do you think he should have cracked and uh, and just said at that point, actually, I'm not from the future. <laughs> I'm from. Oh, the- so there's there's two there's two very um, deep questions there. There's a uh, should Picard extract information from the guy mm-hmm. is, is it a good idea to do that and the other one is should this guy um, which is clearly a mobster with, with no moral compass right should he should he <laughs> save these 20 million people right um, yeah so if, if if I were to say what's the best thing to do for that guy that guy should have said yes I admit I'm from the past and so I'm not from the future I don't know what's going to happen to these, pl- these these people and we're going to straight up murder 20 million people if you know, you need to make this decision on your own, and you can't use me as a tool. I'm not. I'm not a tool that you haven't used. So don't blame yourself. Even if they die, then you've done everything that you can. You can. So I think it's important for him to do that. Um, it'll help the guy's sanity as well. 
Because imagine being put in that position where, you know, 20 million people have died because of a decision that you made and you think that you didn't use this tool that you had. Bringing it back to Picard, I think that, yes, he should have done... He was right to do everything that he could to try and extract information from the guy, even if he's from the future. Based on time, time, tra- time travelers are hypocrites because they come from the future and say, oh, I can't tell you this and I can't tell you that because then it'll influence you and what have you. It's just, if, if it really is that important, just don't come. You know, stay where the hell you are. You know what's going to happen. You can see what's going to happen, you know, before you come back into the past. So if you're here, I'm going to use you. I think that the that's, that's how I see I it. I think that the, uh, the the you're 100 right. I think I'm pretty safe to say that Picard was challenging him, knowing that he was at least a thief. He didn't know maybe that he was from the past, but he at least knew mm. that he was a thief in that moment. Because right after the uh, the correct decision is made, so to speak, or whatever, like you know, Picard makes his decision, which I love that scene too. He's like, um, you know, I've never been one to play it safe. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm stealing stuff from my own desk. It's, it's a joke. It's a joke that I should have started in the beginning of the episode. I should have just loaded everything. Oh my goodness! So then, which is your favorite again? Oh, the oh, I know the new one, which I don't have. The Anson Mount. I like the Pike one because it's it calls yeah. back to the original design, which is the original design I love. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, if I, if I were to pick one that isn't like that isn't is that like, imagine Discovery isn't established, it it would it would be that one. This one here, the one Rob chose. Yeah, Tre- I like that Rob one. chose this one as well. I like this one because see, it's very similar to my favorite. It is. It is. I think it, it might it's be a like, callback to that actually. I think it might be. It's like you have the original series, right, which is more simple. And you have the original Next Generation one, which is more simple. And then when we graduate to the movies, they graduated to this, to this one. So it kind of feels the same way. Cause in Star- well, technically, the movie one came before the Next Generation, didn't it? The one that you have on. Oh, yeah. But this one was the Next Generation one used in the Next Generation movies is what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that, that's the one that they made for Voyager, I think. Correct. Yeah. And then... And then... Anyway. I don't know. Badges. I like that one. Yeah. They had what I like about Star Trek is they have to update everything when they decide to make a change. What I liked about Star well, Trek Well, talking about time travel, <laughs> apparently there's a, there's a theory that says that um, the reason why Starfleet and uh, well, Starfleet changes their uniforms constantly and changes their badges constantly is so that when they do time travel, they immediately know in which era they've la- they've That's ended up. That's genius. That's it's it's I don't think it's official. I don't think it's canon. I think it's just a theory, but I like it. I think it does It does make sense. Well, I spoke to, uh, f- well, a person. <laughs> okay. In the military. I, don't, I couldn't decide if that person's my friend or not. Sorry. But anyway. Okay. So the person. And, and I asked uh, them this question. I said, like, um, what is everything on your uniform mean and they said that like the current uniform which now prompts me to ask further questions i should have asked them at that point but they said the current uniform uh represents um like a an approach the military is trying to go for an approach where you can see like 
in the clearest possible way what rank and everything everyone is without having to convey um, convey it verbally, right? And I go, oh, that's interesting. Mm. But I couldn't really tell from when I was looking at um, his uniform mm. because I don't know the language. So that kind of makes sense that the military branch would have a code like like it, you know, like the pips in in TNG. You just look and you're like, oh, that's a that's a captain. I think I, I think that's that would be the best way to go. The pips or the um the bands that they have on the arms. Mm-hmm. I think that's like you to, to someone that isn't military. That's the easiest way. To, I know that military people find it very obvious. Right. Uh, everything that's going on in Wrath of Khan and everything. I don't. Right. Um, you know, if you've got like a triangle or if you've got like an X or a cross, it's, it's different to me. Just It's just different symbols. Um, but having, I don't know, having like um, a circle and then two circles and then three circles or having like a, um, a full circle and then a full circle and a half circle or whatever, that kind of stuff, it, it, it makes sense. So Rasmussen is from the 22nd century and he decides he decides to come to this point in time uh, to dupe the crew of the Enterprise in by stealing trinkets uh, from them. How do you think he got the information? Like, how do you how do you think he like? We know he stole this like craft, like. But what do you think he asked it? Like, was he like you know ship of the future? Like, where's the best uh, chance for me to get? You know, like what? How did he come to the decision okay. to get there? That's, that's that's a question I have. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that by by asking another question. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> because that that's part that's part of what troubles me with the execution of the episode. It kind of feels like they want to reveal this so much. They want to to keep the plot twist so much that um, they want to keep you from questioning the fact that he's from the 26th century. And in order to do so, he seems very aware of everything that's going on. He knows how to use his ship. Uh, he knows exactly where to come and when. Uh, he knows, you know, what everything does. He automatically goes to the sink uh, in in his quarters and just opens it. He he, he opens the sink. You on on the Enterprise D in front of the mirror. I wouldn't know that there's a sink there. Right, I wouldn't know where hidden. to press to open it. <laughs> it's it's like has he already been on the Enterprise D? Right. Because I'm assuming that. Not every ship in the Federation or in Starfleet at that time even has that technology. That must be pretty specific to a certain design. And yet he knows exactly how it works. And so it makes sense if he's from the 26th century. He's a historian. He's learned about the ship. He knows about these things. But then it doesn't make sense if he's from the 22nd century. So as you said in the beginning of the episode, either he has already visited different time periods... And he's kind of come back to this one because he thinks that maybe this technology is is advanced, but not too advanced, so he'll be able to recreate it. Um, or it's just a major plot hole, and they didn't really think it through. They just wanted to... I mean, they it, they skimmed right. over details in, in order to make the plot twist work better. Right. Which is a recurring theme nowadays. I mean, J.J. Abrams, that's his, his major talent. One other thing that I noticed <laughs> was that... <laughs> If holodeck technology and um, and um, I guess uh, transporter technology and replicator technology continue to advance for two hundred years, you could you could imagine that Rasmussen can just ask his future ship to replicate a phaser of the twenty fourth century, and it would be an exact yeah. it would be exactly what he needs. So maybe he's just really yeah. stupid and went about it a long a long way. But you would imagine that the ship feeds him somehow. Right, like he's traveling around in it. Like, I don't know, just some things to think about. 
<laughs> that you don't think about no. necessarily until you've watched this episode and picked it apart a couple. It's only times. when you think when you th- when you think back at it, it doesn't really make sense, and then you kind of think, okay, maybe it's just that he's like he didn't think his plan through. But I don't know. It's not. It wasn't the best of executions, in my opinion. I do like the fact that Riker constantly gets annoyed at him. It's just, yeah, there's um, a, that's what I'm saying. He like, is a very, he's a very annoying character, too. He is really annoying. Matt Fuhrer, uh, which let's take a minute to talk about him. I don't think you knew who Matt Fuhrer was until today, right? No. I, um, he's got one of those faces that I think I've seen around. He's, yeah, he's a very prolific actor. I don't want to go through all his... Um, does he do a lot of cameos or does he do a lot of guest starring, like guest appearances in, in TV series and movies, is that kind of stuff? I would because say, I feel like he's one of those faces that pops up now and then. I would say he's also been in several films. He's just a very... he's like Well, the, the thing he's most famous for is what I sent you, which is Max Headroom. Um, okay. And I actually remember Max Headroom. And, uh, that reminded it, me of Rap God, the music video by Eminem. I don't know if there's like a... If it comes after, if it comes two. after, and it's similar enough, it was heavily influenced by Max Headroom. It came um, out a few years ago. In fact, I would even go so far as to say that things like Doomcock are influenced by Max Headroom. There's like just this. Max Headroom was like the original digital troll, if you will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but then there's this other video I posted, which is really funny, um, which is w- William Shatner being interviewed by Max Headroom, and it's really delightful to kind of see William Shatner uh, off, you know, having fun, uh, if you will. Not that he doesn't have fun. <laughs> it's, just that, <laughs> it's just that he's really having a laugh in this interview, and I think it's great to see it. Um, but aside from that, I think Max Headroom also appears in Back to the Future 2 when, when they go into the Cafe 80s. Uh, he is the server that pops up down from the TV that offers Michael, um, Marty McFly uh, Pepsi Perfect. Uh, okay, so that's a reference to... To Max Headroom, but... So it's, it's always alluding to what he's done before. What's that? It, it, it's always, like, um, alluding to what he's, he's done before. Okay. Yeah, so he seems to... I, I would say at some point that um, back in the 80s, Max Headroom was probably as famous as Kanye West is right now. Um, and he's a fictitious Ooh, wow. character, which is pretty cool, uh, if you ask me. Just like Kanye West. <laughs> well, pl- <laughs> well played, uh, Trek on the Tube. Uh, <laughs> so that's. I just wanted to give a, a special uh, note to him. And I think if you're ready, Sean... Uh, I'm ready to rate uh, <laughs> rate this episode and and uh, and talk okay. about talk about that. All right. So do I go first? No, you go first. I always I did go the first so that you don't because I'm tricky and you think I'm lying. <laughs> yeah, that's doctor. right. That's true. That's, that's true. <laughs> I give this episode a Lies. seven. Wow, it's a seven. Oh, but I mean, you're you're the you're the ten guy. You're the guy that gives ten. No, Gary freely. is more so. This is why I miss having Gary on the show. Because <laughs> he he, pull, he pulled your ratings up. He does. That's, He's always okay. He gives a ten to every episode. Gary that, that's, really that's, loves. That, to- that's that's not that's not so pro. That's not hashtag so pro. That's that's a biased opinion. You want him to drag all your episode ratings up. Yeah, that's it's not good. Star Trek deserves to be dragged up a little. This episode is a five. Wow, that's not that's not what there you I. Go. Uh, what I would have expected, but I actually knew because I'm from the future that it was a five. And of course so, you did. Now, I should have I should have asked you to tell me my rating. I should have done. You should have done that, but you didn't think of it. And then God. we could have had a moral dilemma about if I told you your rating. 
<laughs> oh, that would have lasted another 17 minutes. So. <laughs> I had the most fun I've had so far on an episode of Starfleet Boy, so I give this episode of Starfleet Boy a 10. Uh, Absolutely, even though, even I give this. I give this episode out of ten a twenty-one. Wow! Uh, in in in, in, follow, in following the way um, Discovery respects canon. So. Um, I, it's clear we have to get the Starfleet Boy team together and have a canon discussion, or at least a, a big group discussion about uh, what what's coming about the future of Discovery. About the future of Discovery, exactly. I agree with that. Um, and the past of Star Trek, essentially. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I get I give it a seven and you give it a five, so I guess we meet halfway on a six. Yeah. So overall rating is a six. And now That's not bad. Come that on. the episode is officially over, I present to you the time that I wrote down, which is eighty minutes. Bullshit. <laughs> You'll never know now. That's not bad. <laughs> You'll never know if that was real or not, that. because I am from the future. <laughs> Sean, it's been uh, super awesome having you today. Um, do you have anything to promote before we go? I have nothing to promote. Nothing to say? I have absolutely nothing to promote. Well, I'm going to promote you and say that if you've made it this far in our discussion please uh take a minute to go and visit sean's youtube page which is trek on the tube very easy to find and he's also on twitter and he's quite engaging <laughs> you, you ask Indeed. many many uh compelling questions and create some controversies along the way or not create them but at least uh spawn their creation <laughs> yeah i instigate them but without doing it on purpose, purpose yes um, but I enjoy it very much, and so I think audience you might as well. And then also um, the Starfleet Boy team, who's not here on every episode, but the Doctor, who has nothing to promote. Uh, who uh, we heard from Galdu Scott, which is the source of Drunk Space Nine. And then you have the real Ketwalski, whose uh, channel uh, I've been enjoying very much lately. Um, I always enjoy all your channels, but lately. There's been a few zingers on there. <laughs> and then there's Trekkie Rob, who runs the Trek Book Club, and uh, they're quite uh, they're quite cool, so check them out. If I read more, if I had more time to read, I would I would read all the books that they're reading, but alas, I'm a metroglodyte in that way. And then we have our dear Gary Trekker Prize, who is moving to a new starbase, and he has not been on the show in a bit, but he will be, he promises. And um, he is responsible for the look and feel of Starfleet Boys, so thank you very much. And that's it. Now we're really at 80 minutes because when I held we up. We are the, really at 80 minutes. We are really at 80 let, minutes now. So now we have okay. to end the show. <laughs> we have to end the show on a bombshell because uh, I'm hearing that at Star Trek uh, Las Vegas Live, Patrick Stewart is on stage with Alex, Alex Kurtzman and they just officially announced the Picard TV show. Yes. So oh. it's happening, people. Yes. It's. It's it's here. It's now. Oh my God! We broke. It's live. The, it's on Starfleet Boy. New, we're the first people to be talking about it on the internet. You have to upload this now. Well, technically, Tech Trick already tweeted it. No, but we're gonna upload but, this shit on YouTube right now, guys. Go ahead, shenanigans. Go, go <laughs> shenanigans. ahead. Well, wait before. But then we they go, have to wait sorry. like eighty minutes. Before, before, we go, before we go, you should have known this before this episode began. Before you should have broke this news before. Something ha So obviously, I'm not from the future, and that's what I'm here to tell you is I'm actually from the beginning of the season, 
and I was trying to trick you so that I could get information. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I was trying to steal information, which I've just done, and now I'm going to go back in time and tell everyone about Patrick Stewart being in the oh Picard show. So that's exactly You're a genius. That's exactly You're going to run happening. the YouTube game. But wait, I just want to say I'm really excited about that. I hope it's done really awesome. I hope it's done correctly. I don't know what that means, but I hope. <laughs> it will be set. It will be set about. It will be set about twenty years after Nemesis. John Luke is no yes. longer captain. Yes. And that's all we know. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm just really excited. Just really excited right now. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go in case there's more news that comes out. No, okay, we have to. That's go. it. That's that's all we know. That's all, all right. we know. Thank you for that breaking news. I'm glad you were following along. Uh, when, thank you to Trek. And thank you to Trek. who's going to be on the show at some point, by the way. We're in negotiations. <laughs> well, now he has to, right? Now, he's breaking news Yeah, he's a breaking news Trek, you have to be on the show. All right, okay. Sean. Live long and prosper. See you, audience. Thank you very much. All right. Well, see you guys. Thank you for having me yet again.